You're listening to Freelancing in Orbit City, the number one podcast guiding freelancers towards their life-work balance. Welcome back to Freelancing in Orbit City. I am your host, Eugene Calhoun. Today, I am with Connor Williamson. Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is uh, Connor Williamson. I'm the founder of All Bikes All Day Freeride Apparel. I'm also a freelance video producer. Let's kind of just go off. I know we were just talking and guys, I had to cut them off because the conversations were just really too good. When me and Connor get to talking, these things just kind of start spiraling. So let's continue where we, where we just kind of uh, stopped. Um, yeah, I think that you and I both, you know, kind of had a, a bit of a unique scenario. I would think that it's a unique scenario, but honestly, for a lot of, a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners, I feel like maybe it's not that unique of a scenario. I think that when you're given an opportunity like like I was given, so my situation is that you know my my mother passed away two years ago, uh, right around the time I graduated college, and while that was you know tragic, I did inherit a little bit of money from that, and it was enough to kind of to to give me a little bit of padding as I took a few months to to figure out you know how I wanted to to launch my brand and how I wanted to get started. And also to kind of not make a plan B, but, and I know we're going to get into this more, but uh, for me, it was more like a, it was kind of a, it was kind of a, I was just realistic about my situation and how I wanted to go about things. I was bootstrapping and the way that I planned it wasn't necessarily a plan B, but I just tried to leave myself time to go and pursue other things so that I could like almost guarantee success is the way that I look at it. But yeah, Eugene, tell us about your situation a little bit. Remind me, I know we talked last time when we weren't recording, but uh, give me a, give me a rundown. Yeah. But, and before, before I touch on that, I think it's really important to let everybody know. It's like, so when we talk about plan B's, it's in most situations, it's very important to kind of have a backup plan. Like we're going to do this, da, 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 but if this doesn't work, we have this contingency, we're going to pivot this way. And I think that's important. However, for me, it was, it would have proven more um, detrimental to my success. So I think at some points during entrepreneurship, especially, you know, during freelance, the first year is probably the most difficult in the state, in the sense of, you know, eventually initial funds run out, you know, did you learn enough? Have you started to scale X, Y, and Z? There's so many things that cause us to, to kind of panic and say, my goodness, where's the plan B right now when plan A hasn't even fully been done yet. And so for me, as most of you listening kind of know, if you're listening, you've listened to other podcasts that I've put out so far. So as most of you should know, I lost my job in 2020. And that's like this the hoodie, this is the company it was called nursing.com. It was a, a very mature stage startup They had about five years doing about one to 2 million a year, you know, mature, but you know, young. So with that, there comes a lot of pivots. And this was my first startup scene. A lot of pivots were happening. But you know, coming from a, ring, uh, a military background, I'm kind of used to going back and forth, you know, and having to do different things quickly. They decided they wanted to to move to Portland, kind of let some people go and figure out their own growth. So December 31st, 2020 was my last day. Um, and I didn't really know what I was going to do next. I put myself in a few certain situations that were positive. Like I was, you know, I had put money back because I knew for probably like five months I was losing my job. So I was able to kind of put money back kind of thing, but still kind of enjoy the money while it was there. It was the highest paying job I ever had. So I was still kind of living high on that hog. So when that ended, I knew I needed to do something else. You know, I dove into, I was like, okay, maybe I'll, you know, be a used car salesman, you know, or like, you know, <laughs> hustle that way, you know, buy a used car off an auction lot, sell it for a thousand more dollars or however it was going to work. You know, I looked at that, you know, I tried my hand in the stock market a couple of times that went 
well, I'm not in the stock market anymore. So it went how you thought it would go. It, it was okay. It was okay. I'm pretty sure I like green, like one of my screens after a bad trade. And I was like, I'm done. I'm through. I can't emotionally control <laughs> myself it. in the stock yeah. market. It just wasn't. And so I tried the stock market. I tried that. I tried different kind of, you know, random freelance things, a lot of different marketplaces to try to figure out what I want to do. And on that journey, I was like, okay, then we figured out task saver and yada, yada, yada. Back to the point. I told myself in December of 20, well, yeah, 2020, I told myself in December 2020, do not complete another resume. Because for me, that was like giving myself an out. That was me saying, hey, when times get hard, you always have your other skill sets to fall back on and, and, and get another job. You can always get another job. And I've always had that faith. You know, I've never stuck at a job I didn't like too long. If there are people I didn't like, if I didn't like going to work, if I was dreaming about work, if anything like that, I've, I've never been afraid to lose a job. That's smart. I completely relate to that. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. It's, it, well, it's your, look, I believe in this whole life work balance thing. It's all over my socials and everything like that. If I could get it tattooed on me, I would. I mean, I guess I could. I'm not going to. But <laughs> life work balance, you know, a lot of people say work life balance, right? But that's like, it's got to change. It's got to be a shift in mentality to say, my life comes before my work and I want to fit work into my life. And so for me, if I'm waking up and I'm not happy about going to work, then, well, I'm going to figure out a different way to do it. And to live that kind of life, you have to constantly be kind of upping your skills and constantly yeah. learning and things like that. If you want to try to pivot from job to job. So my resume, you know, I'm going to pat myself on the back. It's pretty decent looking. I feel like I could get a job if I needed to. And that was my problem. I said, look, if I fill out this resume, when times get hard, I'm going to do it. So we jumped to like June or July finances or money is gone. I started task saver with like 15 to 18,000 in early February. And by that's the almost end of, the same range. Like you know, that's just basically bootstrapping. Yeah. That's right where I was with, with all bikes all day. I had some more than that, but I was just like, this is how much you're going to, you know, you know how it is. You have to put a limit to it. It doesn't matter how much funding you do or don't have, you can't go and start a business and just say, I'm just going to, you know, run it out of my personal bank account. I mean, that'd be great, but definitely have to cap it. And I'm almost in the boat that you were talking about a minute ago right now, where I'm seeing almost some of the, the panic points. And, you know, like we were just talking about, I, I just picked up a part-time job, like you kind of pursuing something else. But for me, that was always kind of, I guess, part of my plan A was, you know, to set things up to where I knew I would have availability to go out and, and, and either balance like, okay, if I have sales coming in, I need to, to make moves for my brand or if there's opportunities I need to pursue, I'm going to pursue them. And if not, if I'm not, you know, generating any revenue that way, then I'm going to go out and I'm going to, you know, spend time on a part-time gig. It goes back to that balance for sure. But, but yeah, I like that, that, you know, it's just something that you're also thinking of. I feel like we, we get along uh, pretty well in that arena. I figured that out the first time we talked to for sure. Heck yeah. And so it, it, I hit that point. So it was like June, July of 2021 and the money's gone. I was getting my MBA. I still am, but I was, you know, I was in school. I've got three kids. So they're home from school and everything just was so heavy that I was like, I need cash flow. Everybody needs cash flow. Yeah. And the best way to do that is to go get a job, but I didn't have my resume made. <laughs> and for me, doing the resume, even as an, and like, I have an HR background, you know, I've done middle management, I've done so many interviews and hired so many and fired a few, but even so resume making is difficult. And 
during that point where everything's going on, I was like, I still don't want to sit here and make this resume. So let's try to make this work. Yeah. Right. So let me also divulge that I do have certain amount of cash flow coming in from my, my veterans benefits. So it helps or whatnot, but it certainly doesn't pay all the bills. So you got to constantly keep the, the foot on the pedal there. You know, that's kind of how I, not to interrupt you, but no uh, I was thinking I was, we were talking before the call about how to kind of relate in my situation where I kind of was given things in like a lump sum at one time, whereas you can relate where you have it coming in a finite amount, you know, it's coming in over time. Mm -hmm. That's how I try to look at mine. And I almost think that being in that situation is more, more manageable. At least it's easier to have foresight, you know, to kind of how the flow is going to look. Because for me, for a while, when I was first getting into it, it was easy to kind of just think, yeah, I'm just, I'm not going to worry about it because I'll make things work, you know, one way or the other. But then I was kind of really taking a second look at it and going, you know, you need to kind of have an idea of even further down the line, like how this is going to play out and the markers that you need to, you know, you need to hit or, or not hit and, and what moves you need to make to, uh, to get by. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, getting by is what comes first. You got to pay the bills and you got to know that in four years, you're going to be able to pay the bills. But it's, I think that's kind of how I try to look at it. Like I said, is just, you know, use a little bit at a time. It's like you had to budget it. And that actually kind of leads me into one of our, one of our talking points. First off, first off, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, if you're going to be a full-time freelancer, if you're going to run your own stuff, your skin has to be thick. Yeah. And it's not about, you know, listen, like getting bad reviews and things like that. That's going to come. That is what it is. You know, people on the internet are mean. You have to have thick skin when it's just you looking at your financials and yeah. you taking a realistic view at, can I make this work? So for me, I know I get a certain amount each month on the first it's coming. I know this. So then I went and I said, these are all the expenses. These are my personal, these are business, these are this, these are that. You've got to be realistic about that too. There's no room. You've got like, to be realistic. You've got to really confront your lifestyle when you're a mm -hmm. freelancer or an entrepreneur or small business owner, for sure. Any of them, it's like, if you're a self-starter, if you're not realistic about how much you're spending on your day-to-day, -day, it's it's just not going to work. But sometimes it hurts, you know, you're looking at it in the, and you're just like, why did I do this? <laughs> you know? Well, what's, what, what it is. Okay. So look. So what it is, what'll, what'll get you guys, you entrepreneurs and freelancers, what it'll get do is you'll see everybody else having cash flow. And you're like, even just people with regular jobs, you're not even talking about comparing yep. yourself to other entrepreneurs. You're seeing people, even who work at McDonald's, making more money than you. Because, you know, <laughs> we're kind of used to making this money every two weeks, like from- That's what from success looks like to most people, whatever. The, the steady paycheck, and, that's success the most, you know? And I love cash flow and, and it's great. And, you know, even my family was like, why don't you get a job? It's like last year when, you know, Tassie was at its kind of hardest to date mentally. They're like, you know, why don't you just get a job? You'll have some cash flow. And this brings us into the topic of focus. And the topic, you know, a lot of people say, you know, you got to focus on one. There are tons of books that I've read. And there's even a book that's called Focus on the One Thing. You know, it's like, if I had went out and got another, even an easy job, even let's go McDonald's or even just something small, I knew for me that I would then begin to commit because I'm a commit guy. I, I'm a person of a creature of habit. Yep. So if I'm saying to you, I'm going to come work for you, I'm going to try because when people come work for me, I want them to try their hardest and give their all. That's like, that's my thing. 
So I knew if I went out and got another job, regardless of how easy or how hard it was, I would be taking away from Task Saver. Even on the days where, you know, the ADHD was acting up and I really couldn't get nothing done. And, you know, I'm just kind of beating myself up mentally yeah. while I'm just like sitting around doing nothing. It throws nothing. off your flow, like the whole cycle of getting things done. Exactly. So I guess the what the people probably want to know now is, okay, so you didn't have your plan B. You did have a little bit of extra. You didn't have your plan B. You didn't do your resumes. You weren't looking for other jobs. So you can focus on the one and you got to have tough skin through that. But where is the, I guess people probably want like a, an action plan. Like what steps do I take to make sure I'm safe? So I can not have that plan B. And that's, this is a topic of saving enough money to live, you know, one year. And I don't know if you've heard of that. Have you heard about this? You know, you know, yeah. save enough money for one year of your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people will say like, Hey, you should go, you know, save three months. You need three months of savings, you know, of what your normal bills were to, to, for whatever, just to live life and be comfortable. Well, I was listening to a fellow's podcast and he said that you should actually figure out at the end of the year, how much money you spent, where you spent it, how it goes. This is your normal year. Mm -hmm. And what a lot of people do is they start to sacrifice different things and you're <laughs> going to have to, and we're going to talk about what we had to sacrifice or whatnot. You're going to sacrifice different things, but I don't feel like you need to sacrifice the way you live now. I know somebody who, you know, they wanted their business to start up. So they left their house. They went to a smaller apartment, saved up a bunch of money and did that. Yes. But the point was, is that they knew the kind of lifestyle they wanted to live while they were building. Yeah. And so they needed yep. to have that amount of money. So here's your actionable tip, people. You're going to, I mean, take just 2021. So most people out of COVID, well, COVID was still happening. But most people are out about living their life again. Break it down into, you know, you know, this was bills, groceries, personal, whatever, whatever, and say, this is how much I need to save. And it's not necessarily that you need to save the entire year's worth. That would be fantastic if you could save an entire year's worth of expenses, but you need to come close. If you want yeah. to be like safe, if you want to be safe and like enjoy your life in the way that you live it while you're building one year, if nothing else, chop, you need to know what the number it. is. I mean, you know, even if you can only, even if you get, to where you've saved up nine, 10 months, but you're kind of like, all right, I have this like side income coming in or whatever. And you can kind of forecast and say, Hey, I can see where I'm going to easily, you know, it's part of my plan to keep the side income, whatever the hustle is or, or something that they're, they're drawing off of coming in. And I'm going to go a little early, but if you don't at least know the number it's, you know, yeah, it's hurting you. I mean, it just keeps you on pace. I feel like if you know the end, the end that you uh, need to shoot and kind of check in with yourself like four or five times a year, and say, am I reaching the goal? And so this is, it, if you think about it, this is basic business financials and business principles that, that you like, that you're putting onto your life yeah. in a business. You say, this is how much it's going to cost us to do this. We projected this out for this quarter in the whole year. And then you track it. And then you say, Hey, during this quarter, you know, if you say January through March at the end of, you know, beginning of April, you look back on your quarter and you said, did we match meet our projections? Did we go over? Did we do this? You have to have that same type of thought process almost in your personal stuff, in your personal finances when you're building this business. Because the yeah. last thing, and even investors will tell you this, when if you get an, you know, if someone invests inside your company or whatever, it's a business you're building, your investors want you to pay yourself. And they want to know a reasonable number that says this number, especially as a seed, this number is going to help me be comfortable to where I don't need to worry about 
personal finances mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I can just focus on the business. So even for them, you're going to need them, a bank or whatever. You're going to need to know the number that you need to live on. So for me, I know that with three kids, my partner and all these other things, I need to make $3,300 a month. Bare minimum. If that's not happening, I'm stressed. It's hard to think about the business. I'm hoping I created a resume that I know I didn't create. All the things <laughs> pop up. So if you know that and you can kind of plan for that, get ahead of it, it's just going to better you and your mental state. Hey, I have because, a question. Do you feel like yeah, yeah. in lieu of a resume, for me, you know, for me, it's kind of funny because I picked up a side gig recently that was kind of I had a connection there already. And I wasn't there wasn't really a big doubt in my mind that I was going to pick up the job like I'd already kind of been doing this as a volunteer. But they wanted me to give them a resume because they're a nonprofit and they needed it as a formality. So I had to, like, go and make a resume for this. Mm -hmm. But before that, I haven't updated my resume since, like, I was a junior in college. Uh, Really, you know, I mean, it it had been like a while. He said I just hadn't necessarily had a need for one, but I always felt like my backup was my skill set as mm-hmm. a freelancer. You know, when I learned videography, started doing video production on the side, when I got better at editing, especially like knew I could pick up some editing gigs and just realized how big the, the film industry is. And then kind of figured out a few more things like that, that I could harness my skill sets to, to make quick cash. I was just like, you know, when it really comes down to it, if I miss for a couple of months and I'm just looking at it realistically and I'm like, you need to take some time away from your business and you know your startup and you need to just make some cash flow i felt like you have to make that sacrifice sometimes but it's still like a, it's just temporary it's a temporary uh thing but is that how you so do? what i'll say all my, you know what if you took away the va benefits that i get monthly mm-hmm. i would have to do the same thing like it's an obvious right like if you took away any monthly income like so yours was a flat you know some you know a little while ago it's obviously that's either you know almost gone or it is gone so you had to find a way to earn money so you can live if my va checks went away i'd be in the same boat and the advice that i would give people in that situation is like live like find your money yeah and but it's it would be better if what you're doing to earn money benefited your business at the same time. Yeah. For you sure. know what I'm saying? So like yep. for me with task saver, I have a selfish goal. I'm I really like the topics I hate to interrupt you, but I love it, man. I'm <laughs> no all about it. <laughs> so for me, I have a really selfish goal. You know, I wanted hundreds of millions because living in Arkansas, like when I grew up, I thought a million dollars was a lot of money yeah. and I'm not going to say it's not trust me. Whoa. If you gave me a million, I'd cry. What I'm saying is there are people who are making much, much more. And I didn't know that reality. So now I know that now. So what I'm doing with Tassaver Academy in Orbit City is something I'm trying to really build into a really big organization because I think Mm -hmm. it can help freelancers worldwide. And so I'm really trying to build that. So for me, I know my main focus business-wise has to be Tassaver. And so how do I if I needed to get more cash flow immediately, how do I wrap that in? It's not going to work at McDonald's. That's no. that'll bring me money, but it wastes my time. It's not going to Uber that brings me money, but it wastes my time. So for me, what I need to do is I need, you know, hey, we're a school, we're an academy. Can I go coach something? Mm-hmm. You know, what can I do with freelancers to help them out? How can I create something that still helps freelancers and moves task saver forward? Now, I haven't had to do that. Thankfully, I've been kind of just blessed to 
have a have my tribe. And I think it's very important yeah. that people have a tribe <laughs> and that you realize who your tribe is. Last a couple of weeks ago, we talked about not working in silence because and one of the reasons was because it's kind of disrespectful to the people in your life who, yeah. you know, you're saying you're working and doing those all by yourself. However, you're generally you're not like you're not even Batman didn't do it by himself. <laughs> you know, he still had Alfred yeah. to, you know, be his mentor and stuff like that. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's really disrespectful to do that. But honing it back in for me, I have a large tribe, so they they help me out a lot. I kind of I'm be honest, I kind of went off on a tangent and forgot where we were. No, we were talking about <laughs> so no, it's it's kind of in the same realm. We were talking about this is what I said I was excited about. Maybe that threw you off, but it was just it, it's kind of the work life balance thing. But for me and you, I think both it was if we we had the part of our plan A was hey. I mean, you could consider this a plan B. I'm the same as you. I don't consider it a plan B. I just consider it the plan. And when mm -hmm. I honestly, when I sat down and started looking at, I'm going to become a freelancer and I'm going to try to start this brand and grow it. The, the first thing that I thought about was what lifestyle do I want? What do I want to do day to day? What type of people do I want to be around? What type of content do I want to be making? And I mean, you know, having a million or a couple in the bank is great, but at the same time, if I can pay my bills and have the lifestyle mm -hmm. that I want and feel secure and do things that I love day to day, that's what success looks like for me. Yep. So I went into it thinking, uh, you know, the business is a priority, but how can I harness my skill set as a freelancer to do things that benefit the brand? And for me, that looked like at first, when I got into freelance video, I just started focusing on the cycling world. You know, I, I don't, I'm not necessarily in the same realm that I am because I'm in more of the free riding and freestyle side of things. But I got started, I started getting hired to film, you know, mountain bike races and capture the event and kind of the lifestyle and made some really good connections there and just got my name out just as a filmer. But from that, you know, people are asking, hey, what do you do? We're like, what's that shirt that you're wearing? All bikes all day. What is that? And obviously, it's a pretty small, like niche industry in a niche place on earth right now in Northwest Arkansas. So like those filming those events was great. The other thing is I told you, I just picked up like a part-time trail building gig. Trailblazers, the organization that I'm working for, they are someone that I've worked with already in the past with All Bikes All Day, not as a videographer, but they've allowed me to host events at some of the locations that they manage on the trails, basically like the mm -hmm. jump park at Slaughter Pen. And that's something that I've been trying to talk to them about for a long time. I'm not trying to talk to them about. I mean, I've had the idea to talk to them about for a long time and they kind of helped me make that happen. So when they when I was sitting down, you know, recently and thinking I'm kind of at a point where I know that events and content are like the two biggest things that I need to focus on to kind of grow the brand right now. And and I know when those events are. And then also I kind of have some plans for the content. I realized, yeah, I could give a couple of days a week to a side gig to kind of recoup a little bit of the loss that I basically have taken. You know, that's one of the mm -hmm. sacrifices for sure is I took basically six months not working and just was focused on the brand because I wanted to be able to start strong and then get to this point where I was like, all right, now I'm going to go out to this side gig that kind of benefits it. And now I'm working for them doing like part-time trail maintenance, but it's just, I'm getting to know them more. I'm figuring out you know, some of the things they want to do in the area that we can work together on. And really, I'm just having a good time with everyone yeah. that works over there, but also networking every day and getting paid for it. I, so I really, take, it's not, I take every it's opportunity definitely not a plan B. No, so it's really not a plan B at all. It's really what it's like you said, it's a part of that plan because 
my analogy was, you know, if I'm working at McDonald's, I'm making cash flow, but I'm wasting my time. What you're doing is you said, hey, here's ABAD, and we're definitely going to talk about ABAD more. Here's ABAD, <laughs> not making a ton of cash flow right now as we're building, but here's another segment, it's things I like to do, it's things my skill set does that will still push mm. ABAD forward. It still helps out no matter where you're going because of who you're communicating with, the people you're hanging around and the networks that you're building, it's just going to help. So my question, so when, you know, I assume you're calling it a part-time job or whatnot. So I assume, you know, when you applied, it was as yourself and things like that. Do you think there'd be a point where instead of you, Connor, being hired to, you know, to you know, trail maintenance, or woo, with woo, is there a way that ABAD can be the name? So we partner with ABAD and they're going to help us do that. So you're obviously still working and stuff. But the whole thing is, you know, an ABAD partnership. Is that something in your future? So I probably, I kind of, when I set up the brand, I went through like how I wanted to develop it. I kind of decided that there were things that I wanted to do as myself. And there were things that I wanted to do as ABAD and trail building, that type of thing was kind of a market in this area that I felt like it's not necessarily oversaturated, but it's a little bit. It's in the public eye and it's a little bit bureaucratic. And I felt like it was a little mm -hmm. too complicated for me to try to want to get my clothing lifestyle brand involved in. You know, I'm starting mm -hmm. with clothing, but as you know, it's kind of like I want to develop this brand into other avenues in the future. But clothing is like a good starting point to just kind of to, to mess to get the brand out there, just to raise awareness and, and to see how people like it. I think there's no reason to invest into all these different avenues until you know that it's mm -hmm. a, a brand that has a foundation. But Here's the thing. I've been getting more into social media, obviously, over the last couple of years. I mean, I do all right. the social media for all bikes all day. I make a lot of content for the mountain bike racing. I'm doing that for, you know, I've done it for a couple of the, the pro teams just as contract through the events, but basically filming pro riders and kind of giving them stuff for their social media to get up. What I'm getting at, though, is I'm getting into that realm more and more. I do the events with trailblazers we collaborate on these events so obviously we're just going to be talking like we're going to be in each other's ear more about that and that's going to lead into mm -hmm. some bigger things and also they're talking to me about some new things that they're going to build that are up the alley of abad and it's like i can kind of help them promote that and that's just a natural role so that's one way to get plugged in but also what i'm thinking is i'm already on the ground you know out there doing trail work with them I've got a camera with me a lot. If not, I've got a phone. So I'm kind of thinking, you know, this could turn into me as a freelancer or basically as a production company kind of getting hired to to help them out with some of their promotion for the work that they do. They do they maintain so many of the trails around Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas. And I would say all of the trail building teams are kind of underrated and underappreciated, but I think it'd be cool to kind of show off what they do and how many spots that they're taking care of and I could totally see that progressing into a role like that. Into ABAD Productions? No, not as ABAD. Just, <laughs> just like, you know, I'm actually thinking about starting a production company, man, because I have an LLC that I yeah. that I hold all bikes all day under. And I I keep thinking that just having a having an official presence that's branded, I realized the power of branding for sure with, mm -hmm. with ABAD. And I was like, on the backside of it, I'm thinking I really need to just come up with a production company and do some branding work behind it and kind of find a better way to present it. And I think the two could complement each other, right? Like my production company, whether it's like Connor Williamson Productions or whatever, that could we could be the 
content producer for ABAD in the public eye. I feel kind of fake doing stuff like that, but it's like, dude, let's be real. We're in the age of social media. It doesn't matter who's behind it. It's just about what people, it's just about what you produce. Like if you in yourself and a couple other people can, can be a production company and a clothing brand or whatever, like, you know, just do it. But uh, I kind of think more on that direction would be how the thing with trailblazers would go. But like with the mountain bike events, some of them have expressed interest in basically having a little bit more of an extreme presence, like a hype event. And I can definitely put that on. And it's something that I've considered in the past. So I'm talking to some of them about basically coming out and just bringing the energy, you know, bringing the stunts out. So I feel like that's going to become an avenue that, that plays into those events and more things that are happening around NWA with trailblazers and with other event organizers, really. See, and to, to circle back, you had a six month period where you weren't working. You were focused on all bikes all day. Like yeah, this day is in, wake day up. Out. This is what I'm doing. I'm, I'm putting my heart into it. And, and I knew how much that it. was going to cost me, by the way. <laughs> you know? And so you went out and you did that. Had you not, right? Had when, you know, month three, four, when things got, you know, start getting sticky and what emotions get high, had you fall, fallen back on a plan B, I feel, and correct me if I'm wrong, all the stuff you're doing now would have, may have happened later down the road, but certainly, you know, fate works in a way that you may not have met the right person. You may not have been at the right event, got invited to the right timing, event. To meet timing somebody. right now is everything. <sighs> timing is everything. Especially and in my industry, basically things are booming right now. And it's like every opportunity that I miss this summer will never, I'll probably never have as good of an opportunity again. I mean, there's new stuff happening, but like that, this opportunity right now is so crucial. I feel like, and that was one of the things that I knew going into it. So I allowed, like, I knew kind of what those opportunities were going to be and a, a plan to have time to do that. Right. But yeah. So sorry. learning point for the freelancers and builders out there is especially for those with ADHD, anxiety, and things like that, where it just makes it hard. Like there's those days where you're just like, I want to do this. I'm going to do this. I've got this plan. Da, 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 da. But it makes you get so it's so hard to get to that event or get to that thing or do that thing. Your action step for the day, your second action step for the day, freelancers and builders is to go. You've got to go. I went uh, out here in Northwest Arkansas. By the way, for anyone who's not in Northwest Arkansas, when we say NWA, that's what we're saying is Northwest Arkansas. And out here we have this thing called the startup crawl. And so it was hosted a couple months ago and they got canceled in 2021. I was super excited about it. Then they came back around, they invited me back and I was like, for sure, let's go, let's go, let's go. I need the, you know, the show, the showcase day of, I promise you, I went through like 50 random excuses not to go. <laughs> and you know, like whatever, who can I, yep. like, that's it at the top because I was just like, how oh, I'm going to see all these people that I, I, you know, whatever was going in my mind. It was just super hard to go. Guys, you have to just go. Because A, as the event's going on, after the event, you're going to hate yourself for being like, oh, I should have gone to that. I'm not doing anything right now. I really should have gone. So for me, I was like, okay, I can't have that in my life. I can't have that regret of I should have just done this. So I went and I met like 30 awesome people. You know, out of 300, I met 30. But the 30... That's a lot of people. Feedback. It, it was. And so it's a lot of talking, a lot of gabbing. So it's a good thing that I can do that for days. But they, the feedback they gave me was incredible. It totally changed the trajectory of what Tax Saver was doing at that point in time. It really made me have to Man, go back, sit down, yep. and think. And then I, and some of the lack of responses taught me something as well. So the whole point, guys, is, is saying 
you've got to go. If there's an event, if there's an opportunity, you got to go because you're going to, you're probably going to miss out on something is everything. And most of the time you don't get that opportunity coming back around. Go with your gut too. You said you kind of had, you know, you had a feeling that you shouldn't Mm. miss this opportunity. When you have that feeling, you got to go for sure. You, you have to. And so I'm not going to sit here and say I made millions off that event. I didn't make anything <laughs> but a few connections. But I got introduced to a couple of venture capitalists, people in the area, freelancers in the area who I didn't even know. Of. And so you, you got to take that. Tell so, me if I'm wrong. But for me, yeah. I mean, do you feel the same way? I guess I've, you know, I'm about six months in to the all bikes all day journey and about a year and a half into the freelance video thing. And I'm like, I've learned more from talking with other people in the industry or with clients or with mentors who are not consumers or customers in any way than I have from the consumers. And that's just kind of backwards from how I thought it was going to be. It's like, oh, I'll get out there and I'll figure out what what works and what doesn't. I mean, yeah, you learn from consumers. But what I've found is that the mentors and the other people that are in the industry that I talk to, they're going to give me some feedback and say, hey, consider this. And then I'll go and look at my consumers and the interactions that I've had with them. And I'm like, that checks out. You know, it really does. Yes. Yes. And, and that's literally, this is what task saver is, is becoming. And, and, and it is, it's, especially when it comes down to like to mentorship with people who are not in your space is it's, you're going out, they have their experiences and they're not telling you your next step. They're not saying, go do this, go do that. Yeah. It's, it's not a coach. It's not a teacher. You'll, you will never mentor, get that. You will never get that. Never. They have their own things. They're kind of thinking, but they're going to use experience (laughs) to try to help you frame your mind around something. Yeah. And then you take that experience and see if it holds up for your company. And so for me, a while back, I did a bunch of interviews. Obviously you were one of those interviews. I I was talking to so many people and I had a bunch of information and I was trying to solidify it and wrap my head around it and figure it out. And I went and talked to Mike Donnell who is also a pod, who's, you know, he's been on the podcast. I've spoken to him multiple times and he's kind of become my faux mentor in a way. <laughs> and what he told me, he was like, you know, all these things are great. Your idea is great. Everything's great. Where's your product? You know, what is it? Do you have anything? And I was like, well, I thought I did until you said it like that. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, I need you to, you know, you got to think about this. Yeah. You know, what is the actual service? You know, not just the idea, but what's the hard service? And I was like, oh my gosh, we actually don't have one, you know? And so he kind of put me on that path. You guys can't expect mentors to give you everything. You need people to put holes in your your theory. Like a good mentor is going to look at your, they're not going to look at you and tell you the next step. Like you said, a good mentor is going to look at your stuff and be like, here's okay. But have you thought about this? Like, cause they're, they've been through it. And like, you know, I'm not going to say I'm a master of branding or anything, but I obviously had insights looking back in hindsight that were like, I would have done this way differently, or I didn't even consider this aspect of it, or I had this mm-hmm. idea, but I didn't act on it. And, you know, it would have been really beneficial at the time. And I missed my opportunity, but you know, there, if somebody comes to me now and they're, and they're want to talk about branding or like videography or whatever, I'm going to find everything that's wrong with their, not everything that's wrong and try to be negative. I'm just going to tell them, Hey, look, you need to consider this. Like, or at least mm-hmm. just ask them questions and make sure that they've looked from that angle. Help them to kind of, maybe you're helping them figure out the right questions yeah. to ask themselves. Yeah, yeah that's right. that for sure. So that's for me and you, when we were first talking, you know, we had, you know, the discount program, we had, you know, job notifications and we had some other things. We had a couple of different things when we last spoke. 
And I had, and because I was talking to Mike Donnell, I kind of really honed in after all the conversations on, you know, education, mentorship, coaching, in a non-scammy way. I feel like a lot of the, <laughs> the, those type of things right out there yeah. that I find are pretty scammy. Absolutely. And even if even if they're not scammy, it's just like it's one person who started freelancing in like 2020 because I had to, and they're like, I'm going to make this into a course and never touch this course again and just let people buy it up off the basics that anybody can find. like don't get me started on people <laughs> tweeting and, and, and what they're tweeting it's like most of the stuff is so like bare minimum rudimentary like recycled rinse wash repeat like it's not helpful no it's not you need to have a niche really you need Tell personal, me more that i need, you need to personal out mentors in your life i think local mentors are the best thing too like i think you need three i think yeah. you need three mentors i think you need one for your personal life one for your business or job or whatever. And then one for, oh, what was it? Personal life, business. Ooh, there was a third. So I'm going to go with two. We'll go with two. That's fine. But you need, they look, if you can find one awesome mentor who's got all the time in the world and you can go to them about your personal, your, your business, your finances, whatever, that's great. If you can find one or two more <laughs> than just the yeah. one so that you know, like, hey, this person, you know, I trust them. They have experience here. I can go to them for this reason. Because there's some people I want to be my business mentors, but I don't want to tell you anything about my personal life. All right. I think I kind of <laughs> know. How about maybe it was this. So, like, I, the three that I kind of feel like I need, and I have more than three, I consider a lot of different people mentors. And I, I don't want this to sound wrong, but I kind of will uh, make people into mentors for me. Like, I'll just find somebody who likes to talk and we have good conversations and I'll kind of start bouncing ideas off of them. And if they're cool with it, you know, I just developed that into like, Hey, I need some, somebody to bounce ideas off of and just people who are similar to age in me or like some of my target market or who are in the same industry, just to bounce ideas off of is super valuable. So I would say like personal business and then just people to bounce ideas off of like, that's kind of like an echo chamber. So you can just hear yourself yeah. out loud and hear what they say. That's, extremely valuable to me like for me my roommate that i live with right now he's been my best friend since like seventh grade and he's just i always am thanking him i'm just like dude thank you so much just for being around the house and just like let me bounce ideas off of you but he's just somebody that i can walk in the other room and be like hey is this crazy like does this sound weird you know like as a consumer and he's not even necessarily in the writing industry but you know he's similar to the target he's similar age similar lifestyle so that really helps me just in the moment, just like quick and somebody that I can send like a photo of a hat on Snapchat and be like, you know, do you like this? Does this look cool after I've been working on it for like six hours straight and I have no insight anymore? Just some outside people that I can send stuff to and figure out, am I way off or no? And get like a reality check to keep yourself grounded. I think that goes it well with not working in the dark. Or like not working alone. Isn't that what you're talking about? Yeah, not working in silence. That's exactly yeah, not what working it is. In silence. I think that third one. So it's what I like to call that one is like, is the sounding board or, you know, a team or whatever. I lacked that for so long. And this is where people say freelancing is lonely. Being a, a startup <laughs> founder is lonely, dot, 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 because they don't have someone that they can quickly like, does this, you know, ah, I got this. They're sitting there and they're looking at their wall and they're trying to bounce an idea off a wall. Yeah. The walls don't talk back. And so you run into this issue of, I'm just going to run with my original thought. And as most experienced founders would say, your original thought probably isn't that, you know, especially with ADHD or like anxiety. I think that mm -hmm. you and I both kind of have struggled with. It's 
so hard for me to work isolated. I'll, I'll go to like a coffee shop even just to get out of my house, like my home office and just be somewhere else. Because like you said, talking to a wall, they don't talk back. And even just being mm-hmm. in a space, even if I'm not talking to people, but just that's around other people, there's something about it that you just kind of remember, like there's so much else outside of this wall that's in front of you. Like there's so many things just getting into my truck and just driving to the coffee shop. I'm just like, man, you know what? There's a lot of stuff out here in Fayetteville or in Northwest Arkansas. Like I just start getting reminded of the fact that I'm not just stuck in that echo chamber. See, and I felt it so hard. I felt it so hard. And I feel what you're saying so hard that like I was on a path to build this thing. Now, thankfully I found it's already built. Someone already did it. It's a nice startup in Portland, Oregon, and they're called work from. And so if you think MySpace meets zoom, so you have this video capability with their customization of MySpace. So it's not like a backdrop filter mm-hmm. that move, when you move around, like it messes up. It's like in a background. And after, after this, I'll show you, I'll, I'll take you inside what I, orbit city. So this is the podcast that we host inside orbit city. Nice. Yeah, it's the name. And I'll take you around in there because it's still, even if you go to the coffee shop, so you're out in public and stuff like that, you're probably not going to talk to your neighbor at the next no. table and ask them a question. Like well, might. I don't know. In Fayetteville, maybe it's a small place. I maybe. Might somebody, it's small. And like, you know, that's kind of the vibe. But yeah. let's take people somewhere out wherever, not in Northwest Arkansas. And, and they're listening to this. What we did with Task Saver and Orbit City is there's these meeting, I call them zones. And so let's say you want to do some co-working, but you don't want to talk to anybody. There's a place, you know, it changes the scenery. You can see the people also working and things like that. There's a chat box and you can just go in and work. But let's say you wanted to, you know, you like to chat while you work or you like to hear people chat while you work. There's a little zone for that as well. Or if you just want to be in your own personal space, interesting, you go into it. And yeah, it's, but it helps that, that loneliness. And when you're around kind of like-minded people, people. So not all freelancers are created equal. Not all freelancers do the same thing. So if you're in this, this co-working environment and you know, you're, you're building like, Hey, I just got this t-shirt design done. I'm, I'm tired of trying to be a perfectionist about it. I'm ready for someone to just see it. You push it into this, uh, into this zone and you immediately have all your feedback and you yeah. can pop into another zone and get feedback and stuff do like that. Those, so it kind of takes away. Do you have those divided into like industry or is it generic? Yes. So we have about I think there's like five or six generic kind of zones or whatever. Now remember, cause we're in a, we're an academy now. And I guess I need to update you on that. <laughs> but we're an academy kind of like a school. So you have your, you know, lounges and things like that, but you also have a specific place for like web developers and programmers, marketers. Cool. And, and as we continue to grow, once I see more niches, like similar niches joining, I'll create their own little meetup hub nice. or whatnot. So it's gonna be great for team building inner interdisciplinary team building as well. But that's how I wanted to get away from that, especially with you know, gas being so high and you maybe you don't want to travel anywhere anymore because, yep. you know, whatever. I don't drive often anymore because it's just too much. I, I drive a big old Ford Explorer. <laughs> I'm not filling that thing up every week anymore. But so that's what we created there. Having that sounding board is extremely important to anybody's growth, business builders and freelancers. And for you guys out there listening, finding a mentor, creating a mentor situation, as Connor sometimes does, getting sounding boards. These are not easy things to do. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you want to, you know, to say the sanctity of a mentorship relationship, mentor-mentee relationship, it's not easy to find these people. 
and that's why I wanted, that's why, you know, we started creating Task Saver and molding it over into that. So you guys can come over to Task Saver and say, I'm lacking in this, I'm lacking in this. And you immediately have that sounding board. You immediately have access to coaches and teachers. And once you read a, reach a certain point where we know you're kind of, um, where we feel you're determined and that you're going to continue forward, we pair you with a mentor. Like we take all that hard stuff away because it's so important to get, but it's so hard to obtain out in the real world. Or I think something else about in the real world trying to pick up mentors is that you have to make yourself vulnerable to a mentor. I mean, there's no point in consulting with a mentor in any way if you're not going to be vulnerable to what they say. Hey, everybody, before Connor drops some knowledge on vulnerability, I want to make sure you guys go out and check out his brand, All Bikes, All Day, Free Ride Apparel, for some of your most authentic content and merch coming straight out of Northwest Arkansas. Like, I, I, this is something that I tell all my mentors when I ask for feedback or really anybody. I'm just like, hey, hurt my feelings. Like, don't be afraid to be completely honest. Like, if you think this is the worst thing ever, you tell me to my face. You know, like, I don't, you're not doing me any favors if you're not being honest with me. But you have to be vulnerable to people. And what I was just thinking about with it being on a virtual platform is it, it might almost be easier because you know that those people are there for this reason to be mentors. And there's none of that, like, oh, I don't know if they want to do this or not. And then also mm-hmm. it's just not somebody that you're probably interacting with on a day-to-day basis. You probably have never met them or even heard of this person before. So I think kind of that anonymity from online, but also being yeah. in a shared space might make it a little easier to be vulnerable and not be like, this is some somebody that I go to school with, you know, or whatever, like be embarrassed <laughs> in any way. Yeah, it's exactly. the truth. And that's one thing. I, I, I hope that becomes the case and that people feel that and, and kind of kind of see that because what what some people, what I'll say, what some people need to know, and I actually think I said this on a podcast. All right, guys, I'm recycling some stuff today, <laughs> but, but it's, it's important if it comes up again. Most people you will never see twice in your life. Most people that you've seen, you didn't even know you saw them. Have you ever had like a dream and you're like, man, that person looks super familiar. Like, I, yeah. where did I see this random clear face from? Well, I was reading in a book, when you dream about random people that you don't know, it's because your brain has shut them out in real life yeah. because it wasn't important enough to give energy to but your you've seen them that You can't make up a new face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So in it's your weird. brain, you're seeing that. You have to think about that, you know, when you go online. And you're trying to be like, oh, so you want me to work in public? You want me to do all these things in public? You want me to be vulnerable to a random random person? <laughs> Most people, especially if they don't like your content, aren't gonna. They won't see it again. The algorithm won't let them see it. They'll block you. They'll do something. Go out there and and be confident in, in yourself, and understand that most people will not. You're not gonna. You're not gonna. What's the word? You're not going to communicate, interact with them past this current moment. Something so else that vulnerable I'll say is, in that. Something else that I'll say about like vulnerability. And I think that vulnerability and confidence go hand in hand. Like I'm confident enough to know that I'm at least putting 110% into my ideas and what I'm trying to do. So if I come to the table and somebody shoots me down and they're like, no, it's not a good idea. Or at least I don't think so. Or multiple people do like, that's not going to hurt my feelings necessarily. I'm just like, all right, I've messed up. I did. It wasn't a good idea. 
maybe wasted some time on it, but then I'm going to move forward. But what I've found out is that, man, people love that confidence and that vulnerability. Maybe it's just an NWA thing, but I think it's just true in general, like across the board. When I approach somebody, whether it's in a mentorship situation, I'm also thinking about just networking in general with my brand and, and as a freelancer. When I approach someone and I'm just a super honest with them, like super straightforward about where I'm at and my skill set, but just tell them, hey, I might not have done this before or this might not be something I'm super familiar with, for example, as a freelancer, open to giving it a shot and I'll give it my all or like whether it's telling them the true position of my brand, like being super open with them and also just being like vulnerable and, and being open to any feedback. People love that and they're kind of, it seems like they're drawn to it and, and they people want to help brands and freelancers that are like that. You know, it's just something that I think people really vibe with and, and it's a, uh, there's no reason for them not to want to help you when you're completely vulnerable. And it's almost like you're asking them for advice. Like you're putting them in a position where you're basically putting them on a pedestal. It's like, Hey, mm -hmm. I really value this feedback or this advice. So people like that, you know? Well, yeah. Part of it's an ego stroke. Certainly. Yeah. It just feels good. But at the same time, people genuinely, what I've learned genuinely want to help. Absolutely. You know, they, yeah. they turn that, that valve off when you don't come off, as your authentic self, hundred percent. They feel like you're trying to either, you know, just get something from them or just whatever. When the lack, when the trust kind of starts to degrade because you're not being authentic, you miss out, and that's when people start to shut off. And that, here's the perfect example. Boom, got it. When it's the difference between how I was able to get to talk to you and how I wasn't able to talk to somebody else. When I came <laughs> to you, and you, so I, so everybody knows, I LinkedIn DM'd him. Right. I, I saw he was, a, you know, a founder. He's a freelancer he's in, in the local area. It was perfect. And I just I was real. I was like, hey, I want to buy you coffee. Da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Do it. I tried well before that a myriad of almost copy and paste type things. It just wasn't me. It didn't sound like me. It wasn't authentic enough. And I got nothing. Crickets from so many people. And you can see that they read the message and that they just <laughs> didn't care. You know what I'm saying? Because it wasn't real. Yeah. But. And so that's, that's kind of that difference is if you're not going to be authentic in yourself and how you're, you know, approaching people and whatnot, expect not to get anything back from them and expect to make your, you know, your journey that much. I think this is a good topic to kind of continue on in another episode about being your authentic self and the benefits and things like that. I'm definitely going to write that down. But because we're running up on a time limit, I do want to get the last question out there and let's discuss this one. All right. And it is. What are you willing to sacrifice? And so I take, let's take a second to those freelancers and builders who haven't started yet, or, you know, within their first six months, maybe three months or whatever. I want you to take a second, think, what am I willing to sacrifice for my goals, for my mm -hmm. dreams, for my ideal lifestyle? For me, I sacrificed, I didn't want to sacrifice my comfort. I didn't want to sacrifice my children's comfort. But I was willing to forego having a large paycheck. I was willing to forego not having stress because I went from one dramatic, right? In 2020, in 2020, I had a whole bunch of you know, money and free time and fun and I was living and everything. And then 2021 comes, I'm in my business and I, a year later, I'm, I'm almost broke. I've got yeah. nothing. Da, da, da. What are you willing to sacrifice for your goals? And I'm going to tell you a couple things you shouldn't sacrifice. Don't sacrifice family. 
you look, you've seen it. You've seen, who is it? Zuckerberg and all, all these builders from the eighties, nineties, early two thousands. And you, know, you look at the documentary and they always had a strained home life. Yeah. You know, they didn't get to see their kids. You know, they didn't get to do that. They didn't get to hang out with their wives. So they got a divorce or whatever. That is not, you don't have to do a startup like that. That's don't do that. Don't do that guys. The way you need to think about it is life work balance. How can I maintain my life in the way that I see that it's going to be beneficial for everyone I affect and build a business that will help or affect other people outside of my direct umbrella? I would say, no, you, you, you. I'm just thinking, I mean, right now, you know, I think before we were recording, I'm not sure, but I think it was before we were recording, I was talking about the last like two, three weeks have just been, I've been really insane. I mean, from like freelance video, like kind of the standard freelance video gigs to helping out with some events in the brand and making content and like, you know, making merch and delivering merch, all that stuff. And then traveling to go and, and, uh, do some of this filming coming back and picking up like a freelance gig in Fayetteville out of nowhere. It's just, you have to, you, you kind of have to sacrifice. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of a way to wrap it up. This is how I look at it. It is life work balance, but you almost have to just sacrifice having, the typical workflow of like what you see from somebody's life just out of college, you know, like I don't have a regular bedtime. I don't have a regular time that I get up. I wear 20 different hats and that lifestyle is not for everybody. It, it comes with some added complications and like, you know, I was in the dating game before I started like working on all bikes all day, but right in the middle of like, trying to launch the brand, I got into a relationship that totally screwed up all my, stuff that I had going on, like just got me distracted. So I just kind of got back out of it. And yeah. that's always been a really important part of my life. Like I'm really trying to find somebody to, you know, get into a relationship with, to be honest and, <laughs> and be with, like, that's just me because I, I think there's a huge benefit in that, especially as a freelancer, like having somebody that's close, but I had to put that on pause because I just knew I would get distracted and I'm still kind of in that boat, but it's just, there's so many things that are along those same lines, like. It's just, I would just really feel like there's so many things you have to sacrifice that are just little things like that, that it's just your lifestyle is different. There's another, so the company that I worked with on my branding, Black Label Creatives, Josh, that's one of the founders there. He and I had a lot of conversations about, you just have to be a different breed. And this is when he was helping me with my brand, but <laughs> yeah. he was like, you just have to be a different breed to be an entrepreneur or a small business owner startup because there's so much you have to sacrifice and you kind of have to be like, almost a little bit crazy, you know, where most people will look at it that way. You just got to be ready to commit all hours. If you have to someday, it's just, it's all in. If you're not all in, which is part of being, I think authentic about it, then you might as well not do it. You know, dude, that is actually great advice. I'm not even going to chime in on that because that <laughs> I don't need to ruin anything that you just said there. So guys, look, that's us wrapping right there. If you enjoyed our segments, you know, please tune back in, leave me a, a rating and review on Apple Music or wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you have any questions, you want to join as a guest, uh, as an audience member, please reach out to me on Twitter at Eugene3614, or you can email me at eugene.calhoun at taskSaver.co. That's all we got. You're listening to Freelancing in Orbit City, the number one podcast guiding freelancers towards their life-work balance.